Here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 328 now of the Ron and Don Show. And yep, we are live from the Lush Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about uh, what four great leaders learn from someone like Steve Jobs. Also, we're going to talk about the fact that, well, you're not going to believe where Halloween actually came from. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Superman is bisexual! How do we know this? Because it's been leaked. Uh, a new comic coming out. He revealed that he is bisexual. That is not how I learned about this. Though. I learned about it from an 11-year-old, came home from school, and told me, Daddy, Superman is bisexual. And I said, what it? Where did, where did you learn about Superman being bisexual? He goes, well, I'm in this new club at school. I said, you are? What's the club? He goes, he goes well, it's a new club. He's in sixth grade. He's new at the middle school. And he's wanting to get to know other kids. So I didn't know that he joined this club. He said, it's, it's a club, and there's lots of gay people in there, and there's transgender people in there, and there's bisexual people in there. I said, there is. He goes, yeah. I said, he goes, Daddy, you wouldn't believe how packed it is with bisexual and transgender and gay people. I said, really? He goes, yeah. And he said, by the way, this week is National Coming Out Week. And I'm like, "Do I am I, am I having this conversation right. with him right now? Because I'm ready to go. So uh, so I said, well, do you, do you want me to kind of explain what, what bisexual is? He goes, no, no, Daddy, I know, I know. And, and he goes, he goes, I'm not bisexual and I'm not gay and I'm not transgender. He goes, but I did make a sign for a national coming out day because I just want to make sure that if people are or kids are, that they feel welcome at my school. And I'm like, I cannot believe what you're telling me. And I, to be honest... I'm a little uncomfortable, <laughs> but being uncomfortable is okay because I am learning something right now from an 11-year-old that I certainly didn't have these conversations with any of my teachers when I was 11, and I don't know if I ever had any of those conversations when I was like, like 11 times 3 or 11 times 4. Charlie, are you going to throw up right now? I think so. Okay, you guys, and we're back. Sorry about that. Charlie had a little... Hairball. <laughs> he had a little... So can I, can I do one clarification here? Technically, DC Comics was doing this separate Superman line, and it is the son... Of Clark Kent and Lois Lane have a son. Yeah. That son then uh, turns out to have superpowers like his dad. And so it's technically it's like super son, 
And so Super Son, who also wears the same outfit, yeah, uh, he he's going into his father's business. He is the one that is coming out as bisexual. And when he's a man, he's going to be Superman, and he and, and Dad's going to be dead, and he's going to be bisexual. The interesting part of that to me was DC Comics came out and said, "Hey, look, we were confronted with: Do we want to have another comic book featuring a white?" Uh, cisgendered male, you know, normal, like yeah. a heterosexual male. And they're like, we, we want to take this opportunity to diversify a little bit. If Lois and Clark had a child, obviously that child will be white because both of them are white. But what could we do to, to make a storyline that's more interesting? And so in the modern era, you know, having this storyline that includes a different gender, or I mean, a different uh, sexual orientation, they think is going to be more interesting to the to the readers and also more embracing of culture of where it's at right now. Yeah, I, th- I think my point on this is, and I've shared this before, there are things that make me uncomfortable, but I know I'm wrong about. When I see two men kiss, makes me uncomfortable because of my wiring. But I can overcome my wiring because I know I'm wrong. I just know that's the evangelical church when I was growing It's just, it's the wiring from that. And I think we all have to recognize that in order to grow. So when, when my son wanted to have this conversation the other day, I started thinking, where's he getting this from? What is he learning at school? What is he being exposed to? And, and I, just have to, I just have to deal with the fact as a parent because kids are on laptops and they're on social media and they are sitting in front of television sets, sometimes watching some of the same shows we are. It's not, it's not three channels of... You know, and then and Quincy comes on, and right after that, the Jack Klugman special. Uh, wow, you're really going old school. Yeah, so so it it it's it's a different time, a different age where kids have a lot more information. And I was really proud of the fact that he doesn't see himself as being bisexual, transgender, or gay. And yet, there's some there's a beautiful part of him that wanted to go make a sign and a banner. And support other kids. I know there's a lot of parents out there. They're going to be pissed and mad that there's even a a school club uh, for these kids and a place for them to go. And and again, my son making me uncomfortable and pushing me to a place of being uncomfortable. I kind of appreciate it because it's an opportunity for me to grow. And it's an opportunity for me to have a conversation that, to be honest with you, I I wasn't ready to have. I had the exact same thing this week uh, based on we talked about Dave Chappelle and the Dave Chappelle special. And I have a, a very good friend that pushed back on my take on that. And they reframed it for me uh, from perspectives that I hadn't thought about. Uh, and, you know, talked about the trans community. And this person isn't trans, but they have way more empathy than I do. And so they just reframed it for me. And I said, huh, you're, you're right. Like I, the way I viewed that Dave Chappelle story, and you can listen to it in a previous episode of the Ron Don Show, the way I viewed that Dave Chappelle story was probably too narrow. And probably I should really take a second before I use the platform that we have uh, to say some of the things about communities that I have really no connection to. Uh, I'm not a black man and I'm not a trans person. And and then I went off and had a, a hot take on a, a, a black man doing comedy about a trans person. Uh, maybe I should take a, a, an extra beat to really try to empathize with all sides yeah. and, and, and learn that. So it was uncomfortable for me. And the, the last text things that we share was like, I like the second part of being wrong. The first phase of me being wrong is super uncomfortable. 
I don't like it. Yeah. I feel defensive. Sometimes I feel angry. And then once it clicks, the second phase of being wrong is like, oh, whew, like I didn't die. Nobody came and arrested me. I just happened to be wrong about that thing. And so now I can embrace and go, okay, I'm probably wrong about other stuff too. Yeah. Well, after he got done talking about this, then he wanted to set me straight about Christopher Columbus. Oh, my gosh. And he does not like Columbus, Ohio, being called Columbus, Ohio. He doesn't like the fact that in 1492, Columbus sailed the blue and got completely lost. And it was indigenous people that followed him or found him. And then he also doesn't like the fact of all the people that he and his crew killed bringing disease. And then they just outright killed and then forcing women, especially very young women, into sexual slavery. And I'm just like. They're getting a little more accurate history than we got. (laughs) I'm like, that's where Columbus Day went. Hey guys, Ron and Don here. We're live from the Let's Rob Studios. And you know what? We have had, as Ron has said, because of climate change, we've actually had a pretty great summer in the Pacific Northwest. And oh my gosh, I don't know if we want any more people moving here. We moved here as Market 14. We're now the 12th largest city in America. That's crazy, you guys. And you know what the good thing is for the 12th largest city in America? We have 85 Les Schwab locations to serve you. And don't forget, the pavement's been dry, but now in the last week, we've experienced the storms. The rain is back. The wind is back. Trees are falling. And you better be prepared to hit those brakes. And when you hit those brakes, you want to make sure you're going to stop. And a lot of people think Les Schwab, Ron. It's just tires and wheels, but it's brakes and so much more. Yeah, steering, suspension, batteries, all that stuff going fall into winter. You should go get a free pre-trip safety check, even if your trip is just to the grocery store or up to the ski mountain. Plus, maintaining all those parts helps your tires last longer, helps your vehicle run better, even improves your miles per gallon. Les Schwab is here for you. Stop by and ask for that free pre-trip safety check. Tell them Ron and Don sent you. You can schedule yours online at LesSchwab.com. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. You can just tell that, they, uh, that they're that they just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with... with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we, yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community. And knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now. And we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs>
Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to my dad's podcast. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on ronanddonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 328. Again, if you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. And if you need a loan, Mitch.loans, check it out. Yeah, you can save half a percent on your loan. It's an average savings for Ron and Don Nation members of $3,000. Wow. So just go to Mitch.loans and tell them Ron and Don sent you. Yeah. I was actually with an uh, agent from our office. I told him about it. like, I'm, I'm doing, I have a guy doing a loan with Mitch. Like, tell him, ask him for the Ron and Don deal. He texted him immediately. Why about the Ron and Don deal? <laughs> well, I have a percent. And so hopefully uh, Mitch is going to give right. uh, a half a percent to him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Steve Jobs no longer with us. If you've read the book, uh, it about it's ten, 10 years this week, the definitive uh, biography of Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Yeah. It's really amazing because Steve Jobs had gone to Walter Isaacson. And if you don't, if you haven't read his stuff, he's written incredible books about Ben Franklin, for instance. And they're over 600 pages. They're rich. They're deep. He'll, he'll interview anywhere between 300 to 3,000 people for a book. He did Einstein as well. Yeah. And, and Jobs had come to him, and this is before he found out he was dying, and said, hey, I want you to write a book about me because I don't want to write the book. I want you to write the book. And Isaacson said, well, I want... Uh, to be able to talk to everybody in your sphere, including your daughter. And Jobs is like, uh-uh, because that is not a, not a good story. And then Jobs came back when he found out that he was dying. And Jobs always did this thing where he would go on long walks. And it's true. When you go on a long walk, it stimulates the brain. Blood floods into the brain. A lot of times that's where you get your best ideas. When you're in the shower... Uh, especially warm water, cold water, flooding the brain. That's why you get great ideas sometimes when you're in the shower because the, the brain is stimulated by that. So he would go on these long walks with people, legendary long walks, and he goes on this walk with Isaacson. Isaacson uh, talks about it in the foreword of the book that it was this walk with Steve Jobs where, where, where Steve told him, he said, you can write anything you want. You have access to everyone, including my daughter. And I'm not going to try to steer the book. Uh, I'm not going to try to create some kind of outcome or to make me look like a hero. And so Isaacson ends up writing this book. I think you and I have both read the book. Yeah, it's a very good book. It is very inspiring. And at the same time, it's one of the saddest reads. And at the end of the book, to not give it away, you know that Bill Gates and Steve Jobs went at it with each other, not only in the courtroom, out of the courtroom, and everywhere else. And early on, they had actually been pretty good friends, and they had a lot of respect for each other. Steve Jobs, on his deathbed in Palo Alto, he had this legendary house that didn't have a lot of furniture in it, but he would do a lot of drugs in this house because it's kind of the way that he would uh, get inspired. In fact, uh, he did a lot of LSD, and he will tell you that a lot of his great ideas came from just tripping out on LSD. He'd trip out for weeks sometimes, which means you can't be a really good father when you're tripping out, you're building Apple, and then he went on to create this company called Next, and then he ended up coming back to Apple. He had been driven out of Apple the first time. But Isaacson, I thought, was really fair in painting this picture about how extraordinary he was, how driven he was, how nasty he could be, and also what a horrible father he was. And then on his deathbed, 
he ends up reuniting with Bill Gates and Bill Gates jobs never locked his doors in Palo Alto and Bill Gates walks in, sits down. They have this four hour conversation. It's extraordinary. I also will tell you what's extraordinary is if you get a chance, read the speech or listen to the speech that he gives to the students at Stanford when he talks about the end of his life and what really matters. And it is probably the, the most powerful commencement speech that I have ever heard anyone give. It is raw. It is real. It is emotional. Uh, it's authentic. And uh, it kicked me right in the balls, I'll tell you. Yeah, that. That, that one, the other one that I think is right up there with it, David Foster Wallace, This Is Water, is one of the best uh, commencement speeches ever. The thing that struck me, because this was the 10-year... And uh, Admiral McRaven, Make Your Bed. That's a very good one. So this is 10 years this past week uh, since Steve Jobs passed away. And it hit me right between the eyes. He was 56 when he passed. And... And I just turned, you know, made it into my 50s. And I was like, wow. So he founded Apple with Wozniak, then uh, founded Next Computer, then came back to Apple, also did Pixar. If you remember, Steve Jobs not wasn't a founder of Pixar, but like built Pixar in addition to these other companies. To do all of that in 56 years is is incredibly remarkable and so there was a, a kind of a retrospective piece where they um you know looked at how some of these other big tech people like elon musk and bill gates and uh jeff bezos and stuff their thoughts on jobs was as a person and and it mostly was was inspirational when, when they looked at him but that the 56 number just really jumped out at me of going what what a remarkable life like to have, like it's up there with, I just got back from Italy and you know, you go and you look at the stuff of Michelangelo or Da Vinci also similar lifespans. It has to be on that tier of like what he accomplished in 56 years. And I know I'm mixing genres a little bit, uh, but you know, is he the modern day Da Vinci or Michelangelo like to, to cram all of that creativity and change of the world uh, into 56 years is absolutely incredible. How, how do you, if you're still alive, how do you think it would have changed Apple 10 years later? Cause a lot of people say Apple hasn't really reinvented itself. It's just taken the things that he created and they, and they've doubled down. Uh, and, and it, it's always interesting when you get a new phone, cause he wanted everything to be intuitive. He didn't want you to have to read directions. Uh, he just wanted you to to open it up, ha- have it be very simple, powerful. You think about uh, what's really in these phones now that we carry. Uh, do you, do you think Apple would be? Dif- I think that the would, one would, thing would be different. Well, they were running out of categories to revolutionize. For one, uh, music, phone, books, podcasts, like they were, they're kind of running out of categories. Movies, TV, movies, TV, streaming. So the 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 one though that I think was is is still trying to be developed now that maybe Steve Jobs could have by force of will cracked because he did it with the music industry is that there's rumors of this iCar thing, an Apple vehicle that had been going on pretty much since since he was dying, and so if you remember, it took Steve Jobs personally going negotiating with all five of the major music distributors. Because at the time, there was that huge battle with Napster and LimeWire and all these streaming, illegal streaming services. And the music industry was dug in. 
They lawyered up. They were suing individual people, downloading songs like a college student for, you know, suing them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so they were dug in. Steve Jobs had to single-handedly go in and break down those walls from each individual music publisher. He went he didn't he didn't have a big conference room movie moment where they all said, "Okay, iTunes." He had to go to each person and each executive and negotiate that. And and he did it by force of will. Because so because I, the music industry is all about albums, and he said, no, no, no. It's about 99 cents a song. We take it for granted and, and, the, and the music industry said, the way we're going to get paid is we're just going to keep suing people. But when you're sitting there and you're suing a 15-year-old that's sharing your music and and and, and in a place like Maine, and he could never pay the bill, it, it made this, the it music industry... culture the, of fear. There was no way out for the music industry. They looked so stupid. And it looked like even even bands and artists were, like now, Metallica. Tur- were now turning on the fans. And, and so Steve Jobs found a way out for everyone and found a way for the music industry to reintroduce and say, this, this is how we're going to make money moving forward. So I think he, if he was still around, I think we might have an Apple car right now. Because what's been happening is people have thought that they were going to co-brand a car. Because uh, they see themselves as the platform, they, and they could take that platform, and they could introduce that platform into any type of car. And for a while there, they thought that Ford and Apple were going to merge, but he didn't want to merge. Uh, but there have been talks with the iCar with Hyundai, for instance, who now is no longer just a shipping company. They actually make really good cars. And it'd be re- interesting to take these really good cars that have this 10-year bumper-to-bumper warranty and add the Apple platform to it instead of doing what Tesla's done, where they're actually going out and building the platform and building the car. Apple just wanted to build the platform to then marry it to whatever car you're going to yeah, use. No, that I, I disagree with you on that. I think if Steve Jobs was here, he would want to do the soup to nuts Tesla model. No, no, no. But he, not, he needs a car manufacturer. No, I'm saying where it's at now. I'm not. I'm not. Right, I'm not, right, I'm, right. Yeah. I'm, I, so I'm, I think if Steve Jobs was still around, that we may have the iCar. But, but he, that's, he, he would push it as far as Elon Musk has, where he's right. like, hey, we're not. Yeah. So I think, I think we're saying Tim, the same thing. I, I think Tim Cook doesn't have the same gravitas or charisma or force of personality that Steve Jobs did. But Tim Cook even came out and said on the 10-year uh, anniversary of or remembrance of, of Steve Jobs' death, he's like, Steve prepared me. What did he say? Steve prepared me, but he didn't make me ready. Hmm. So he's like, he tried to prepare me for his death, but I wasn't ready. There was no way to be ready. Yeah. And so I thought that was pretty poignant. Uh, and also, kudos to Steve Jobs and sort of the theme of this episode. Tim Cook, openly gay CEO of one of the largest companies in the world. And so Steve Jobs, uh, you know, nod to him where it's like, hey, I'm inclusive of everybody because of their ideas, not because of their orientation. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Halloween another the other Hey, Ron and Don Nation. This is Mitch Weeks with Home Seed Loans. At Home Seed Loans, our mission is to make the mortgage process cheap and stress-free. And guess what? We've got a deal for all Ron and Don Nation listeners. Our partnership means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000 saved when you switch to Mitch. Wow. That's a lot, Ron, isn't it? You should switch to Mitch. I just switched to Mitch. I went to Mitch.loans, and I started the loan process just like you can. That's Mitch.loans. Save a half a percent today, just like I'm doing. The Weeks team, NMLS 169 
Hey, what's going on, Ron and Don Nation? This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don Team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook, and for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team, and let's do a sit-down, and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com, and we'll schedule a sit-down today. Now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to the final segment of episode 328. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-N spells Halloween. This was my first part in the first grade play because I could talk like Froggy from the Little Rascals because this is how he spoke. It sounded like a demon. So nonetheless, uh, that's really the only part I've really ever had in a... In a Halloween Can play. Can I just do a sidebar that in the, in the last couple episodes, you've pointed out the Little Rascals. Yeah. Matlock. Right. No, Quincy. <laughs> Quincy. Yeah, I didn't point out Matlock. You just pointed out Matlock. No, I think you, you just pointed out. No, no, no. You pointed out you Quincy pointed and Matlock. Matlock. You said Quincy, out- and then after Quincy was Matlock. No, I said ja- Jack Klugman. I oh, said Jack Klugman. A, who played Quincy. I said there was a Jack Klugman special. Jack Klugman special. Yeah, don't, you brought up Matlock. I, I did bring up Matlock. He was not brought up by Why did you bring up Matlock? <laughs> Perry Mason. Like, Who's we were Matlock? going Who's deep Mason? into TV land. I don't even know what you're talking about. So, uh, nonetheless, some uh, every, everybody likes to delve into this each and every year where Halloween comes from. And of course, it comes from the Celtics, and you can. We're not talking about the basketball team, so you can do some research on that. I have to say, I was watching Jamie Lee Curtis, who's part of the Halloween movies, and then she was dressed up the other day because they're promoting the movie, and she was dressed up and had a shower curtain with blood on it and all that stuff. And I just, I, 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 and I don't know if it's my religious background. Maybe it is. My my son and I walked into a Halloween store the other day because we we thought it would be fun to kind of get in the spirit. So we went to a, it's called like the Spirit of Halloween or Halloween, right. whatever that is. If they take over vacant buildings. We we lasted about ninety seconds, and and then we had to get out of there because and not because he was scared to death because I was just all these animal tronic and these witches and they say all this stuff and just I I. And they had Michael in there with his knife out uh, from from the Halloween movies. He's ready to kill you. And then I and then going back to Jamie Lee Curtis, I saw her with this shower curtain. There's blood all over it, and there's a knife stuck in it. And I I just I don't you you I've were never, never into I've fantasy, never though. enjoyed that. It 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 it's not like I I don't get the fun of making fun of murder. Yeah, you've like, never been into the fantasy Well, hang on. We, or... we were down in Texas, and down in Texas, they have these huge, uh, and also in New Orleans, they have these, and, and they probably have them here too, these big warehouses where you go on a fright night. And I saw you run out. Oh, the guy uh, came out with a chainsaw that was Well, on. they didn't have chains on them. I didn't know that. You, you knew that. It still scared the crap you out of me. You knew that the chains didn't have you. So, so don't tell me that you, you, you. No. I, 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 I stayed in there, and I got chased around with, with, chainless chainsaws but then you walk in somewhere and there's like a cross and there's someone nailed to it and they're alive and they're about to saw off their arm and just i don't i don't enjoy any of that so i i'm and and evidently my my child does not either so i'm i'm just i don't get it and i want to get it and i and i saw jamie lee curtis with her shower curtain and i was just like (sighs) jamie lee curtis is like 
she's all about love and, and she's gone through this addiction stage in her life and she's really about being enlightened and I learned a lot from her. And then when I just saw her with the shower curtain and dressed up for Halloween and promoting that movie and the knife in it, I was just like, huh, I'm Jamie Lee Curtis is now dead to me. Really? The night of the living dead to me. She is. Yeah, she is. Hmm. Like I lost a lot of, and I know I shouldn't. It's very judgy just over. And, and, and why am I watching inside edition? Anyway? But so are you going to not buy candy? And when uh, ghosts and goblins come to your front door here on the Hill, you're not going to give them a full size candy bar. No, but they really, the ghosts and goblins really don't come. And so I'm going to be honest, like what, it, cause I buy candy for all our open houses. And I have learned that if you buy the candy that I like, nobody eats it. And I like, I like, providing candy at the open houses because it kind of gives me a sense of how many people came to the open house and sometimes they stay a little longer and if you have like the 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 halloween we did an open house for my friend scotty the other day on 12th avenue west here in uh seattle i think we just sold his house uh during this show because we just got an offer on his house which is really great so anyway I, I I bought lots of chocolate. Did you participate in in the Halloween chocolates? I wanted to eat it and I did not eat it. Oh wow! Because if I I can't eat one mini chocolate bar, yeah, I need to eat like three mini chocolate. Thing bars. for me though is I like I like all the sour stuff. Like and then I like this. Like I like runts though. I like bottle caps. I like sprees, Smarties, all that. Yeah, I'm way into it. But nobody likes that. So if I buy that and I bring that to an open house, then it all just ends up with me. You tried me to go- pawn off some Smarties to me the other day, and like I wasn't having it. No, you know what? You did a really crappy thing to my son that I should tell you about. He 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 went, and we had the these we we went to this place where we were playing this game, right? And we ran this crane over and over and over and over again. He's trying to win these Smarties, so he won the Smarties. He offered the smart you're, and you're being a dick about it right now. He I'm off, not. He offered the smarties to you. Let me tell you why I didn't you take did the not smarties. want them. And when you didn't take them, he was crushed and he started crying in the car. So thank you. And then and then we got home and he goes he goes you know what, Daddy? You know what I learned? I said, What did you learn? He said, When somebody offers you something, and this is wrong though, if somebody offers you something and you don't want it, like Mister Ron didn't want it. He should take it and then act like he wants it and and be thankful and he used the word gratitude and have gratitude and then turn around and throw it away. I'm like, I think you're right. I didn't take that. I'm sorry that your son was upset by that. But what I saw looking <laughs> through the a, window. He's such a creep, man. Is that he had like three pieces of candy. And, and he saved that one for you. And I didn't want to take one that's, third of his candy. That's why we pulled in to give you this. He goes, Daddy. Well, I'm then like, you should have said that. You no, said, no, you're no. Setting me up I, to fail. I, I, how am I supposed I to know that? I shouldn't have to set the table for you no. to tell you how to be kind to a child during the holidays. It's kind to a child to take one third of their candy? Hey, it's, you know that's what? It's not kind to a child. This is what he said. This is what he said. You know, you were you were wrong about Dave Chappelle, and you're wrong about this. And I think you should apologize no. to if my a son child has three and to the transgender community. You don't take one third of... If he had 10 pieces of candy, you can take a piece of candy. I don't know. He offered that to you. See, you're still... You're, you're, you're dug I'm in. I'm not backing down on this one. I guess not. Anyway. His, that's his candy. <laughs> it's not my candy. Plus, I'm trying to not eat candy. He said that. He's like, wow. So mean. Like, I know. Now you know what I've dealt with for my whole entire life. Mr. Ron is mean. So 
Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by episode 328 of the Ron and Don Show. Sorry about Charlie. Charlie threw up in this episode? I don't remember. Okay. He threw up in one of the episodes. We're recording a couple of the episodes today, so I don't know if this is the one or was it 327. Anyway, he's back. He looks much more relaxed after he just puked what are you feeding in my son's guy. bathtub. Maybe he's feeding him Smarties. <sighs> yeah. No, we washed him the other day, and then somebody put his collar on. Way too tight. So it was probably me. <laughs> Head up, shoulders back. And hey, if your dog's throwing up in your house, get him to your son's bathtub. Don't let him throw up in your shower. Anyway, uh, love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us be your broadcasters, your realtors. If you need us, just go to ronandonsitdown.com. Our thanks to Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show and also Mitch.loans. Need a loan. And Ron, how much money could you save? A half a percent average savings of $3,000 U.S. Mitch.loans. Whether you use us or another realtor, go to Mitch.loans.com. And we'll see you next time for episode 329. Oh, Ron and Don Radio. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.